The head coaching carousel took college football by storm before last season, but this offseason, it was the movement of assistance that really made some noise. It is Friday, February 3rd. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. There have been hundreds of changes amongst coaching staffs this offseason, some more notable than others, but all have the potential to impact the 2023 season in one way or another. So joining me to discuss some of the bigger moves as well as their impacts next year is 24-7 Sports College football reporter Brandon Marcello. So Brandon, let's get right into it. And full disclosure, we are recording this on Thursday. It's 1 p.m. Eastern right now. A short time ago, Chris Lowe of ESPN reported, and you have since confirmed, that Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese has emerged as the top target for Alabama's OC job. And look, by the time this airs on Friday, maybe Reese to Alabama is official. So before we talk about the hires earlier in this cycle, just what are your initial thoughts on Tommy Reese potentially joining Nick Saban's staff as offensive coordinator? You know, it is a little surprising just because Tommy Reese's offenses have not blown anybody away at Notre Dame. In fact, that was probably the weak joint in that body of work for Notre Dame in Marcus Freeman's first year as the head coach. But he's a younger guy, played the position of quarterback, obviously at Notre Dame previously in the early 2010s. And is someone that is excited, hungry, and also is a fantastic recruiter. I know we tend to say that a lot about younger coaches, but even though he's just young, doesn't mean that he's going to be a great recruiter, but he is. And, you know, he's a fiery guy. I think everybody remembers if you watching Notre Dame games this year when they had a camera in the coaching box there, him uh, going after his quarterback saying, do your blinking job on camera into his headset, uh, a fiery guy. He understands the position. And I think that, you know, Nick Saban is looking for someone that's one, an up-and-comer, but also someone who's very well-respected in the coaching industry when they talk to others around him. And, um, you know, I think that gets lost a little bit. Saban does seek the advice of others. He's been calling around, talking to people for weeks about this job and, for that matter, the the defensive coordinator job that they have open. And he went after Washington OC Ryan Grubb uh, most recently. That didn't work out for one reason or another, potentially possibly being his salary. He's already being paid $2 million a year at Washington and has a really good thing going there with Michael Penix as his quarterback. So long story short, yeah, it comes out of left field a little bit, but Nick Saban does his homework. And I I would venture a guess that if Tommy Reese ends up being hired as the OC at Alabama, that the numbers he puts up as the OC next season and beyond will probably be much better than what he did at Notre Dame this past year, which it wasn't great. You know, they they were 41st in scoring offense this past year. It, But I will say this, the offense did get better as the season went along. They had some issues at quarterback, whether it was injuries or just production, and they got that thing going. You know, they won all those games in a row near the end of the season. They won their bowl game. They turned things around. They leaned on the defense. And Tommy Reese deserves a lot of credit as well for kind of tinkering with that offense to get it going and to finish as strongly as they did near the end of the season. Yeah, and of course, Notre Dame has one of the uh, top quarterbacks in the country coming in via the transfer portal and and Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest transfer, ready for 2023. So um, obviously, if he were to stay, the quarterback play you could assume uh, would be upgraded from what it was this past season. But nevertheless, Tommy Reese right now, the top target for Alabama's OC job. Again, when this airs on Friday, could very well be official that he is uh, Alabama's next offensive coordinator. But of course, we have to wait and see. But let's talk about 
jobs that were already filled earlier this offseason. And one of the biggest was offensive coordinator Garrett Riley leaving TCU and heading to Clemson. And we know hiring from the outside isn't something that Dabo Sweeney likes to do very often, but he did it with Riley, someone who I think we can both agree on as a future head coach one day. And he'll bring to Clemson some much needed energy to an offense, Marcelo, that frankly hasn't been great the last few seasons and kind of missed on quarterback DJ Uyangalale the last two years. Yeah, Garrett Riley is, is a guy that's going to be able to scheme receivers open in this Clemson offense. And that's been their issue. As much criticism as quarterback DJ Uyangalale received over the last two years, I think the receivers there deserve just as much criticism because they just did not have and do not have elite receivers there at Clemson. Guys that could beat one-on-one coverage, press coverage, be more physical, get open instead of DJ Uyangole having to throw them open, anticipating routes and throwing in tight spaces. DJ U did a much better job this past season with those receivers, despite their limitations. Look at the Wake Forest game with the game tape of that game. He was fantastic against Wake Forest and throwing those receivers open. Now, Clemson gets a offensive coordinator in Garrett Riley who can scheme guys open. Do you have a matchup disadvantage on your end? Well, Garrett Riley can hide that and find a way to scheme guys open. Also, again, much like we were talking about Tommy Reese earlier, younger guy and is going to come in there with a lot of enthusiasm and something to prove. Garrett Riley's trying to become a head coach. He wants to be a head coach. He wants to be a power five head coach. And it would not surprise me if he is here a year from now. He's that good. And especially what he did at TCU this year. I don't think you can undersell that with what he did with Max Duggan coming in off the bench to start for them and then developing and help push Quentin Johnson into the stratosphere as one of the best NFL draft prospects at receiver. So this was, I think, the higher of the offseason, regardless of position, outside of Deion Sanders at Colorado, any assistant coach, any head coach, this was right up there alongside Deion Sanders for what he can do and how much he can change Clemson going into next season and getting to work with a quarterback who is a little bit newer and in the sense that he's still got a lot of room to grow in that offense. And I'm talking about Kay Klubnick, who didn't start until the very end of this past season in replacing DJ Uyongole. So uh, exciting times at Clemson. I mean, this hire was so impactful to me. I was like literally on the Florida State bus two hours before this news broke saying Florida State's going to win the ACC next season. I just don't see it with Clemson and, and everything they're doing in the offseason. And then, boom, Dabo Sweeney that afternoon fires Brandon Streeter as his offensive coordinator and then decides to go outside of his protective bubble, which he's been so afraid to leave over the last decade, and go hire the hottest name in college football when it comes to offensive football. And that changed my mind completely. I mean, Clemson and Florida State, I still put up there as the top two contenders. But man, Garrett Riley could really change things for that offense and bring an overnight drastic change for them to where they're a top five offense next season.
Yeah, absolutely. It was very unlike Dabo Sweeney to go outside the box, like you said, go outside his protective bubble, make a hire away from his program, bring someone in in Garrett Riley, someone who, like you said, if things go right at Clemson, could be a power five head coach as early as next offseason. And he has a ton of talent to work with. Obviously, Kate Klubnick, you mentioned, was a five-star quarterback for us and definitely showed a lot in the time he played this past season at Clemson. And like you said, with Quentin Johnson, what he did for him at TCU, Quentin Johnson is arguably wide receiver receiver one heading into the NFL draft and, and Clemson's receiver room has talent and now they may have the right coach to kind of unlock that talent and help that offense take that next step next season. Replacing Garrett Riley at TCU is Kendall Bryles, previously at Arkansas Bryles, now the offensive coordinator for the Horn Frogs. How do you think Bryles fits with offensive head coach Sonny Dykes and what do you make of this hire considering everything that comes with bringing Bryles in? Yeah, yeah, Sonny Dykes very familiar with the Bryles family and Kendall Bryles worked with them and in fact uh, is very trustworthy of them and being able to run an air raid type system. In fact, I was I've been criticized quite a bit because I said that Kendall Bryles ran an air raid system at Arkansas. Well, he did. He ran an offshoot of it. It wasn't necessarily an air raid system where you typically kind of put there, you know, everybody thinks Mike Leach and throwing the ball 50 times a game potentially, but it was still an offshoot of that at Arkansas. So what he does now in going to TCU is he's going to be able to kind of go back to his roots and being able to run more of that Baylor air raid system that they utilize at Baylor, where they're going to spread you out, throw the ball a little bit more often and try to take advantage of some of some uh, uh, matchups there. But I, I think that this is a very strong hire for TCU, not just because from the scheme perspective and that fitting in with what Sonny Dykes always wants to do there with their offense, but also with the recruiting. He's very familiar, obviously, with the state of Texas. That's where he's from. That's where he's based. That's where he's coached for most of his life. Now, the off-the-field stuff, that certainly deserves a lot of criticism, a lot of questions. And I know a lot of TCU boosters and fans are not very happy with this hire because of what happened at Baylor, the allegations that were thrown their way, the lawsuit that was filed as well. And of course, a lot of that leading to the firing of Art Bryles and Art Bryles being persona non grata in college football. And for that matter, football as a whole, pretty much, uh, even not even be able to get a high school job at this moment, Art Bryles. So but when it comes to the X's and O's, this is about as good as a hire Sonny Dykes can make. You got a guy that knows your system, familiar with it, and is going to bring his own flavor to it. And, you know, it's a great fit. And Kendall Bryles had seemingly been trying to get out of Arkansas for the better part of a year. His name was coming up at Miami a year ago, then Mississippi State this past offseason. And then he said, hey, I'm, uh, let's run it back. K.J. Jefferson, Arkansas's quarterback. Let's do this again in 2023. And then less than two weeks later, he's taking the TCU job. So uh, interesting times for Kendall Bryles. Never short of controversy and questions, but X's and O's, TCU got about as good of a fit as you can get. On the field, it was a great hire by Sonny Dykes, especially when Garrett Riley leaves so suddenly, coming off a uh, national championship appearance with the Horned Frogs. Of course, off the field, needs to be taken into consideration as well. Um, and it remains to be seen how that could affect his tenure uh, at TCU. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hit on a few more assistant hires. You're listening to the College Football Daily. Back on the College Football Daily, Lance Glenn alongside Brandon Marcello. So Brandon, this next hire, I'm really interested in seeing how it works. Phil Longo leaves North Carolina to take the offensive coordinator job at Wisconsin. It's wild to say that the air raid is coming to Madison, but yet here we are. It's a really intriguing hire by new head coach Luke Fickle. What are your thoughts on what will really be an 
offensive transformation of sorts for the Badgers next season because we're so used to seeing Wisconsin football played one way. And now with Phil Longo in, that offense will look very, very different. Yeah, quite a bit different. And I would say this might actually be the biggest shock to an offensive system in recent memory in college football. The only one I could think of, obviously, was when Georgia Tech went from running that option game under Coach Johnson to uh, being hired by Jeff Collins there to change up the office. But even that was a transition over a couple of years. This, they are legitimately just throwing away what Wisconsin's been doing and has been known for for three, four decades. And they're going to an air raid system that Phil Longo is, it's a traditional air raid system. They're going to throw the ball around. And if you don't believe that, look at what they did in the recruiting trail and then also in the transfer portal here in the last few weeks. They went and got SMU transfer quarterback Tanner Mordecai, who's put up a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns in his career. Also Nick Evers. And then they got a four-star commitment also from the high school ranks. So they are changing things and they're doing it overnight there. They're not going to make this a transition. They are going to throw the ball quite a bit and do it often. So Wisconsin, uh, you know, jump around as, as they say in the fourth quarter there, because it's going to be some exciting ball, maybe some growing pains there, because I still think they've got to get the type of personnel in there to properly run this. But man, Phil Longo, what he's done throughout his career, especially there at North Carolina the last few years, my goodness, what they've been doing there is amazing. They're going to put up points. They're going to score. I just wonder, though, outside of personnel, how does that work when you're playing potentially in games that are 30 degrees or below around freezing when you get into November? It's a little bit more difficult to run that type of system. Maybe not so much in the NFL where those players have been doing it a little bit longer, but in college football, Cold weather does affect how offenses run. It's why the Big Ten had long been known as the conference that just wants to ground and pound you. Look at what Michigan's been doing even currently under Coach Jim Harbaugh. But Wisconsin going a different direction, and it's going to be fascinating to watch because, again, I'm not sure we have seen such a different, shocking overnight change for an offense in major college football here in the modern era. Just looking at Wisconsin's 2023 schedule, and you mentioned those games in November, two of them at Camp Randall, Northwestern, Nebraska, they have to go to Minneapolis as well to end the season. Their final game will be really interesting to see how the air raid offense looks in Minneapolis. That will certainly be a sight to see, but yeah, it will really be fascinating to watch Wisconsin's offense this year as they transition from what we know Wisconsin to be a ground and pound team to now the air raid under Phil Longo. So Brendan, a couple more names to throw out you. And once in a while, you see head coaches at group of five schools move to power five schools to become coordinators. And that happened with Sean Lewis, the former Kent State head coach decided to head to Colorado and lead the Buffalo's offense under Deion Sanders. How much of a win was this for Coach Prime, getting Lewis to leave a program where he was the head coach to join him in Boulder as he tries to get the Buffaloes back to relevancy? Well, first off, the staff that Coach Prime hired is top-notch, and I could pick maybe two or three coaches that we should put on this list as far as just impressive hires, including Charles Kelly, the defensive coordinator who was our recruiter of the year for 24-7 sports for helping put together the third best recruiting class ever at Alabama and then going to Colorado and having an overnight change, as we keep mentioning on this show, for the recruiting efforts there at Colorado just in a short period of time. But Sean Lewis brings aboard an offense that at Kent State, they called it flash fast. And again, an air raid type system. It comes from the Art Bryles Baylor system. They're going to spread you out, wide splits. They're going to run up tempo. In fact, 
This offense is incredibly fast. They ran plays on an average of 30.1 seconds in real time. Not the not the play clock, real time. They will tire you out. And I can't wait to see how they use this with Shadur Sanders there at quarterback, the receivers they're bringing in, all the pieces they're bringing in for that matter. And by the way, they're going to run this quote unquote flash fast, and they probably need to come up with a different name there in Colorado. They're going to run this offense in the high altitudes there and talk about conditioning. That's going to be a big thing for them in the off season. And they're going to be marrying this kind of with the RPO system, going sideline to sideline. This might end up being here in a couple years or a few years, the most exciting offense to watch in the Pac-12, especially with USC and UCLA leaving the conference after this season. It's going to be able to score points. I don't know if it's going to happen immediately, obviously. I don't think anybody could tell you that. Not even the coaches there if you put truth serum in them. But man, they are going to run a lot of plays out there and it's going to be incredibly entertaining. What a hire in convincing a head coach at a pretty good Kent State program. I know there's a lot of criticism about it because of the money issues in the background, but it's a good launching point for a lot of coaches in this industry. And Sean Lewis, as a head coach, decides to leave to go be an OC in the Power Five. Sean Lewis, much like Garrett Riley, as I mentioned now at Clemson, a guy who's going to probably be a Power Five head coach here in the next year or two. And he's going to have a lot of pieces to work with there at Colorado. Maybe not this year, but in year two of the Deion Sanders era, they're going to have some big time prospects there to be able to run that offense. Yeah, we saw what Deion was obviously able to do with a short time in the 2023 class, really on offense too, I think bringing in multiple four-star wide receivers, you can only expect him to go even bigger in the 2024 class. And they just recently had a junior day and there were five stars after five stars after four stars after four stars at that junior day. So, you know, he's definitely going to be able to bring talent to Boulder. And I think with how fast they're going, they need to somehow, can't call it flash fast anymore because obviously Kent State were the golden flash. They need to incorporate like Run Ralphie Run somewhere into (laughs) this new name. You know, like, I don't even, you got to incorporate Ralphie into this somehow. There's got to be a way to call this new offense. Let's uh, just hope they don't stub their toe and the offense is going three and out a lot and they call yeah, it buff- yeah, and they call it buffering yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead oh my goodness the the puns we can make uh from Colorado with their with this offense uh, could be endless let's be real could be endless last one last name I want to discuss with you Bobby Petrino to Texas A&M was an interesting hire to say the least uh, the Aggies look they need to reinvent that offense there's no ifs ands or buts about it is Bobby Petrino the guy to do that I guess we're gonna find out how impactful do you think he will be for AM next season we know Jimbo Fisher's preference to call the offense himself but there's a lot of pressure on him in 2023 so what do you think this move can do to help at least add some more energy into that AM offense next year among all the hires outside of Colorado, because they were so low offensively this past year, out of all these hires, Bobby Petrino is going to have the greatest uptick in production for an offense for AM. And that AM offense may as well have come out of, I mean, it's, it, it, they're not running the same system, but it seemed like it was like 1946 or something. It's just ridiculously out of time. Bobby Petrino is going to come in there and they're going to put up points, they're going to put up yards. And much like Garrett Riley, I talk about scheming guys open. Bobby Petrino is a master of that. Um, He's always been like that. We talk about geniuses and we use that term a lot. I legitimately think that Bobby Petrino is an offensive genius. He's legitimately has a photographic memory. Like he legit has a photographic memory and he's been able to use that 
to his advantage throughout his career and go talk to Nick Saban about Bobby Petrino's days at Arkansas. Obviously, Alabama had tremendous talent, much more talent than Arkansas. But Arkansas, when they came out in their scripted plays, the first 11 plays or so, Bobby Petrino just schemed guys open and they would move the ball with ease against Alabama's great defenses there in the late 2000s and then the early 2010s. So you're looking at a guy who can scheme anybody open, can score legitimately more touchdowns on the first possession that Texas A&M has probably seen in the last three years. And so he comes in there, he's going to give them immediate spark. Is he a long-term solution? No, he is a short-term solution. I'm talking like maybe two years. I, I don't think he's going to be there longer than two years, but that's what A&M needs right now. They need an immediate jolt to get back into the winning ways. The recruiting is not going to fall off. We know that because all the money that's there, but they have the talent now in place to win a championship again and again. They had the number one class in 2022 the best class ever in 24-7 sports composite history. And history shows, simply put, if you have the number one class within four years, every team that has had the number one class plays for a national championship. So A&M's on the clock. And they're not necessarily running out of time, but the clock is ticking. There's three years left. And Petrino, I think, is a short-term solution to get that offense going, to get him in a position to do that. That defense is good. You don't really have to change much. But offensively, boy, that needs an overhaul. Petrino is a big time hire. And I think even without Fisher saying it to Petrino and Petrino saying it to him, they know this is very much a fling rather than it is a marriage. Really was, I think, one of the most, if not the most interesting hire uh, of the offseason. And like you said, that AM offense needs a jolt, and Bobby Pagino definitely could come in and give it that. So, some big hires made that could have big impacts on the 2023 season. Make sure to follow Brandon on Twitter at BMarcello and stay locked in to 247sports.com for the latest coaching news. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. Now, remember to give us a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcast. And of course, head on over to the 247 Sports YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button as well. So for Brandon Marcello, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening. This has been the College Football Daily.